or to give us wholeness. Wholeness doesn't come from partial truth. Wholeness comes when we understand that God's Word is the absolute truth, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable. In 2016, the Oxford Dictionary listed post-truth as the word of the year. In other words, they're describing that we're in a season where truth is no longer the foundation of what we do and say. And putting together two or three definitions of that, post-truth is the public burial of objective facts by an avalanche of media appeals to emotion and personal belief. That's the society, that's, that's what our culture is doing right now. That, that's what we're, we're facing when we deal with things within the, this particular season. And, and, and guys, we'd like to believe it's only this nation, but this is actually in every nation. Everywhere we go, we're, we're encountering this same this same challenge. And the problem is when we lose objective truth, we have to replace it with something. So let's just define two words that you may not use a whole lot. Objective means making an unbiased, balanced observation based on facts, not influenced by personal viewpoint. Truth defined by the Word of God, even if it makes us feel uncomfortable. How many of you ever had the Word made you, make you feel uncomfortable? The rest of you that don't have your hands up, you probably haven't read the Word yet. <laughs> if you haven't had the Word and the Spirit alive in you make you uncomfortable, you haven't lived yet. Because the nature of the word is it challenges some of the things we feel. Now, the alternative to objective truth, which is primarily the way truth is viewed today, is subjective. Objective truth looks at an object or, or a specific individual. Subjective truth looks at the person you're talking to. So it becomes very much what you feel about this situation so, subjective truth means making assumptions, interpretation, assumptions and interpretations based on personal preferences, perspectives, or opinions without any verifiable facts. Truth get, gets defined by how I feel. We are in a society today where that's the foundation of truth. If you're with somebody that's living a different lifestyle and you feel compassion for them, suddenly truth alters to make them feel comfortable. Or you're uncomfortable with the truth that needs to be spoken, and so you adjust what you say because you don't want to offend them. And if we're not careful... As the body of Christ, we start operating in subjective truth instead of objective truth. And yet, if we want wholeness, if we really want to be whole, if we want to be complete as God designed us, 
to be complete. That only comes through truth that's based in his word, his nature, his character, his spirit. Now, lest we think this is new, how many of you know this isn't new? Isaiah, 700 B.C. Our our courts oppose the righteous. Justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets, and honesty has been outlawed. (laughs) Could have been written about today. This is not a new issue. We think we're dealing with a whole bunch of new circumstances. And yes, it's more vocal probably than it's ever been in our nation. But in the nations of the earth, this is the nature of how we live. 700 BC jumped to 130 AD. Arrhenus of Lyons, he was a bishop, a theologian. He was was one of those that really battled heresies. He said, air never shows itself in its naked reality. Society is going a different direction than we're going. But if we'll take a stand on objective truth, if we'll take a stand on the word, we're going to find God moving in some powerful ways that don't be shocking. 1600s, Blaise Pascal. You might, some of you might know this guy. How many of you know he was a prophet? He also invented the syringe. How many have had a shot? Blame Pascal. <laughs> um, he, he's the one who invented the syringe. One of his most renowned inventions was the roulette wheel, but we won't, we won't worry about that one. But <laughs> as a mathematician, can you imagine? Anyway, never mind. Pascal. Truth is so obscure in these times. 1600. Truth is so obscure in these times and falsehood so established that unless we love the truth, we cannot know it. Guys, we're not living in something new. But we have to establish ourselves in objective truth. This is what the Word says, and I stand on it, even if it's not popular, even if it doesn't make me out to be whatever, even if we don't have a whole bunch of people streaming to us, we've got to stand on the truth because it's the truth. As Dayspring, we, we do push some limits. But every one of those limits we push is because we believe it's biblical truth. 
We have women speaking from this platform regularly because I believe we've nullified half of the army as the body of Christ. And I can stand and I can show you from Scripture why we do it. We've got to be willing to take the hits and stand for what we believe. Because objective truth is the foundation that is going to sustain the move of God in this next season. Billy Graham. Where there's truth and error, there's always compromise. Within some churches, there's a movement to reshape the Christian message to make it more acceptable to man. Have you all experienced that? So how do we find the truth? Jesus said, speaking to Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except by me. I don't have time to go into the historical pieces of who Jesus is. There's so many uniquenesses to Jesus over against any other religion on earth. I mean, just there are over 300 prophetic scriptures fulfilled in the life and ministry of Jesus. He's the only leader of a world religion that laid down his life to redeem. He's the only one that said he was the truth and the life. He's the only one that gave us a guarantee of eternal life by believing in him. You can go, there's, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of distinctions. Most of the other leaders, you can find somewhere in their writings a quote about the truth, but it's always that they're in search of the truth. It's never that they are the truth. Jesus is the truth. There is no other way of salvation. That's got to become our objective foundation, the, the, the solid bedrock of who we are. Don't lose it. I, I enjoyed the testimony Phil shared. I actually had one of those encounters. Um, I was in the nation of Liberia, and uh, I had been invited to a conference, and the first meeting, three people showed up. And uh, found out there was some stuff going on in the background that we didn't know about. I'd flown all the way from England to do a conference and speak to three people. Well, after the first night, uh, I was asked to go and pray for the chief's wife of the village. And I, I went and she was, she was in bed. I, I didn't know what was wrong. I don't think they knew what was wrong. But she was, she was really critically ill. And uh, I prayed for her and nothing happened that I could tell. So I go to bed that night and I'm just sleeping happily. And in the morning, I wake up to this sound around the, the house, the hut where I was sleeping. And there's just this noise. There's, there's hundreds of people outside. So I wake up and get some clothes on and walk out the door. And here's the chief and his wife standing just outside the door. After I left, Jesus appeared to her, sat on her bed, took her hand, said, it's not the white man healing you, it's me healing you. And he, as he touched her, she was completely made whole. And that next meeting was packed with people because Jesus showed up. 
And we, we, he's objective truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's got to get down into our being so deep that we believe it, that we stand up, and, we, and we're not afraid of a society that doesn't believe what we believe. Don't be afraid to stand for the sanctity of life. Don't be afraid to celebrate a, 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 a curtailing of abortion. Don't be afraid to celebrate what God is doing in this hour. Don't be afraid of the truth. Because it's a truth that's going to set people free. It's not a watered-down version. It's not a subjective truth that changes with every group you speak to. It's who Jesus is and the truth of who He is. That, then, is how we can step into the holiness God desires. The problem with holiness now is that holiness has been redefined by what I feel comfortable with. Oh, if you're asking me to holy, that's just a legalism. I don't want anything. We're going to deal with that next time. One of the greatest dangers to true holiness is legalism. Yeah. Trying to produce in my own strength what I don't have the ability to produce. But Christ in us produces something. He causes something. The second great enemy of holiness is actually liberty. Well, grace kind of is there and it allows me to do anything. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change what holiness is. It only means I get holiness from a different source. That's next time. A little bit your appetite for next time. I actually had prepared that one for today, but when Paul and I started talking, it just this fit just right where we're supposed to be today. Okay, one more verse and we'll stop. After the Passover meal, Jesus introduces the disciples to the helper. And he calls the helper the spirit of truth. Jesus actually repeats it three times, and then we find it later in, in, in uh, the epistles. We find the same statement. So the Holy Spirit in you is literally, one, one of his names is truth. So if you want to know the truth, the Holy Spirit is going to show you truth, and he will never show you untruth. Now, the Holy Spirit doesn't create that. He simply reveals to you what the Word says. I was raised memorizing lots of Scripture like our kids are doing, and I had a great Scripture foundation. I didn't have a Holy Spirit foundation. And I remember when I was baptized in the Spirit, and I opened the Bible for the first time, and words began to leap off the page with revelation and life and truth. And verses I'd memorized suddenly had life in them because the Holy Spirit was breathing life into that word. He's the spirit of truth. 
So if you're struggling in a family situation or fr- struggling with a, with a friendship or things aren't working, tap into the spirit of truth and the word and the spirit together will, will bring you into an understanding even of the words to speak in a situation. Because the spirit of truth, one of the greatest transformations in my life was getting to know the spirit of truth. I knew the word but I didn't know the spirit of truth. And when the word and the spirit come together in your life, things begin to happen in a dramatic and dynamic way. One more verse. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of the truth which the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Do a Paul. Take your finger. You're going to know him, and he's in you. <laughs> Let's stand up together. Mm. Holy Spirit, we set our bedrock on the spirit of truth. We want holiness not out of legalism, but we want out of life because you're in us. You're the causative. You're the transformer. You're the one that changes our life. You're the one that releases life into us. So, Holy Spirit, right now, we just surrender ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves. We want a holiness that actually produces wholeness. And I want you to just take a moment right now. I think there's some of us in this room that have allowed some subjective truth to creep into our lives. I remember sitting with a young man who was in a lifestyle that wasn't godly. And I remember the compassion rising up inside of me that wanted to give an assurance that wasn't God. That wanted to give a hope that wasn't biblical. Not because I believed those things, but because I felt such compassion for that person. I ached for that person the situation they were caught in. But guys, if we compromise, then the truth loses its power. If we compromise, there is never freedom because it's the truth that sets us free. Amen. So, Father, we give ourselves to you this morning, the spirit of truth, that we will stand unafraid and unashamed of who you are, unashamed that you are the one and only road to the Father, unashamed that there is no other outside of Jesus that can give us access to eternal life. 
So, Father, forgive us where we've let subjective, emotion-driven truth affect the way we speak, affect the advice we give. Father, we want to stand on the objective truth that you are the way, the truth, and the life. That's the foundation that we stand on. Ministry team, come down. I believe there are some in this room that are battling circumstances in your own lives and family situations where it's been challenging to know what to say. And I believe that this morning God's going to give you some wisdom in that. I believe there may be a couple of people in this room who are unsure that Jesus is the only way. If that's you, I want you to come free this morning and put your bedrock hope in the only one who gave his life to save you. And that's the Lord Jesus. So if you're in one of those two groups, I just want to invite you to come down right now and receive prayer. I'm going to pray generally, but I think there's some that just feel you want more. So I invite you to come right now. So Father, as we stand before you, we stand to believe for our family members. We stand to believe for those we've been believing for. Father, that objective truth would become the foundation that we stand on. Father, we reject those things that would in any way water down your gospel and water down your salvation. We will not allow those things to affect our life, to affect our minds, to affect our hearts. And we stand for your truth in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just come. I believe there are several that need prayer. Also, if you need healing in your body this morning, come and grab one of these hymns and they'll pray with you. Let's, let's believe God for some breakthrough this morning. Let's get some breakthrough in what God's doing in this hour. Let's get some breakthrough and see Him at work. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Could I have a couple more ministry teams down, please? We love you, Lord Jesus. 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 Yeah, we got Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somewhere right on the end over there. Yes, Lord Jesus.
a little bit if you want to, but just encourage you guys to spend some time just encouraging each other in the Lord, and then there are just a few classes that are, are happening over there, so if you have your kids uh, in the North Building, uh, please uh, please take some time and just uh, bless the children's workers when you go over there. Please be praying for our boiler system. It's quite likely we had uh, something crawl down one of our flue pipes, so we've got to get to whatever that thing may be. But um, anyways, just be praying for uh, restoration on our heat. Thank you for enduring the cold with us. Just bless you guys. The ministry teams are still open if you want to worship a little bit more. So blessed to have Noah here for this week before he goes back to California. So yay, yay God. Let's worship together. Bless you guys. By the arms of the Father, and I am surrounded by songs of deliverance. We've been liberated. From our bondage We're the sons and the daughters Let us sing our freedom
You split the sea so I can walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I stand and sing. I am the child of God. You split the sea so I can walk right through it. My fears are drowned in perfect love. You rescued me so I stay. 